welcome back to episode 45 of the Blockrunner podcast. Here is where we discuss the latest developments in cryptocurrency while we make this new technology relatable to you. You can watch this podcast on our YouTube channel to follow along with our discussion. As always, I'm your host, William, talking with your co-host, Iman, and here are some of the topics we discussed today. First up, we discussed the NFT Bible that was published on OpenSea. Next, we dive in deeper into the differences between all the ERC token standards for non-fungible tokens. Then, an NBA player tokenizes his NBA contract and launches his own token. And finally, we look for your thoughts on our own NFT in Decentraland. Alright, let's listen in. What it do? Alright, thank you for being here again, Iron Man. <laughs> yes, sir. We just had a uh, long conversation about NFTs. That's all we talk about, dude. That's all we Hold talk on. about how recently. Do I, how do I turn myself up? I can barely hear um, myself. You're probably number one here. Hello, hello. That's better. That's better? All right, yeah, man. That, as of late. Okay, why? Because multiple well, reasons. I think, first of all, there's a lot of news about NFTs just recently. News? Yeah, like Spencer Dinwiddie. Oh, yeah. Um, well, no, okay, go ahead. Dive into <laughs> that. Like, everyone's like, who the fuck is that guy? Well, there's, we'll get to that, but there's okay. that guy. Um, I think, um, I don't know. Well, we had Andres here a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's, and that's what it talked, was. We, we, the catalyst. We baited him into the NFT talk. Yeah. Uh, per, per personal request of like members of the DCL community. And we're generally interested ourselves. Yeah. Because we're like, we're new to the space, but we're like, Every day we're getting deeper and deeper into it. That's for sure. And like we're finding more and more ways, or kind of like concocting new, new, like more and more ways to uh, get involved. I guess, or yeah. just maybe I don't know, expand on what already exists. So yeah, I guess on this podcast we're gonna hash out some of our thoughts, as far as like we have like new, I don't know, ideas. What do you want to call that, Will? Yeah, we we've definitely had some new ideas into the NFT space. Um, obviously, there was this whole. ICO run up in 2017. Yeah. And we were just talking about, you know, how do you create your own cryptocurrency? Then how do you create your own NFT? And this uh, is a, it's a general theme of this podcast, right? Like why, why, why did we start this podcast to, to get balls deep into the crypto market? Right. But as we keep going on, we are finding out cryptos are fucking dead. <laughs> 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 like some, most of them talk yeah. about coin. What was it called? Co- Cos. Cos. Well, I just read something on Reddit, cost.io. I I vaguely remember the name because in 2017, it was one of these projects that everyone was shilling is like, you know, the next second coming. I'm not sure if it's an exchange. It might be an exchange. I think it was like a, it was like an all-in-one platform for cryptocurrencies, right? That already sounds like super scammy. (laughs) Like they were totally capitalizing on all the hype. No, not cost, cost, C-O-S-S. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's check it out. But yeah, this thing got, I mean, it was shilled everywhere, all over Reddit, all over telegram whatever the fuck people thought it was a shit in 2017 now it's starting to look so i just went to cost.io this This is is, this is funny dear users cost has paused all trading deposits and withdrawals on the 7th of january 2020 this site will be put under maintenance for the next three to four weeks the current interface and api trading will be made unavailable to users during this time we will be migrating our, all our users to a brand new platform. All open orders will be canceled. The balances and accounts will be migrated and your funds will be safe. The new platform will boast of the following features. Low latency for automated trading, super fast order matching engine, advanced APIs, built-in liquidity solution, iOS and Android applications, 
and margin trading. It says, we shall be available on Telegram through the entire downtime to answer any questions for support related queries, please email. And then we're expecting a huge volume of queries and responses might take up to five to seven days. There is no need to panic. Damn. They had to put that in there, huh? Wait, hold on. Please do not believe in the FUD. Is what it's yeah, saying. that's what it says. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, dude, like if you, this, there's a couple of lessons here. Like for one, you don't want to leave your funds on exchange, right? Cause at any moment they could just, that's right. They could just freeze your account, dude. Like all of a sudden it's like, fuck, I can't get my funds. What if you needed this money? Yeah. You know, too bad. <laughs> you got to wait a couple months before you can get access to it, right? Yeah, for sure. But I mean, we're at the mercy of that, right? Like <clears throat> decentralized exchanges haven't. They haven't taken off for some reason. Well, liquidity's not there. Yeah, there is no migration, right? That's, that was a big speculation again in 2017. Yeah. Once these platforms are created and launched, which they are, they're up and running. Yeah. There's, there hasn't been like a great migration to them. Why? I don't know. Centralization might be better. <laughs> well, it operates a lot faster. Exactly. Um, and Less latency, I guess. There's uh, I mean, there's tons of benefits, right? Yeah. You know, you got customer service. As shitty as it probably is, you know, I'm thinking Binance here. Yeah, and then they have insurance for any lost funds. There you go. So there, there, there are some benefits, but if you're one of those people that really care about, like, controlling your funds, you're, you have DEX solutions, but even then, like... There hasn't been a whole, there isn't like the DEX. Not yet. There isn't a Binance version of a DEX. Well, I guess Binance has a DEX, right? I think it has one, yeah. It has one. I don't think anybody uses it. Yeah. It doesn't have the volume. I don't know, but that's a whole different topic. Yeah. But the point is, uh, what is, oh yeah, the point is, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So, the point is, like I said, cryptocurrencies. Yeah, they're not dead. It's just, they're, they're, you know, from the 2017 high. We're starting to see all the ones that are falling apart now. Yeah, every, every time we come on this podcast, like we got a new one that's either exposed as a, like a legit scam or they just run out of funds so they have to close shop. Yeah. You know, this is all part of the great purging. That's what we were expecting, right? Yeah. Like at some point, all these shit coins have to die off, right? If the market, if we're in like a real bear market, that's the whole point. Yeah. We're supposed to weed out the losers and the winners, like sustain and thrive. And once the next bull market returns, they should be the ones popping off. In theory. Yeah. And and so we're speculating now the next speculation event is going to be around NFTs. We did say that uh, we were there was going to be a speculation around DeFi, but oh, well, not speculation, but there was going to be um, an innovation in DeFi that that would propel the next run up. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like that's going to happen just because the nature of DeFi, it's sort of against that, right? It's not that it's designed against it. Like there's nothing speculative about yeah. this decentralized finance. Nothing. It, it, as a matter of fact, it should be the opposite of speculation. It be is. safe. It's like it's more like stabilizing your yeah. your wealth. Right. Right. You know, it's it's like an escape from like traditional volatility. Put it yeah. into something more stable. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, the idea of of um, uh, die is that, or in compound, you can stake your die in compound and earn interest. Yeah. And right now, that interest is a little bit under six percent. And so that's really good. You're not going to get that at, at any bank or at any CD, despite what Richard Hart would say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I had a friend who he wanted to start a what's it called, like a micro lending business. He was pitching this idea to me. Oh really? You know? Uh, oh like, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. Have to say his name. Yeah, but anyway, for sure. But I was thinking about that, and it's like, dude, like essentially what you're doing on Compound is like you're micro lending, correct, through a decentralized platform, but you don't have to do all the freaking 
Yeah, negotiations. Or like the, what if somebody doesn't pay you? Like in yeah. in the real world, like I was telling him this, like, dude, you you don't know the hassle of yeah. like chasing people down. Like, where's my money, bitch? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's that, that's a tough, especially like in the micro lending aspect. Like, dude, that's a lot of stress just to have like a few thousand dollars floating out there in the ether, right? Yeah. So it's like in this in this aspect, it's just all programmed into a smart contract, right? If, yeah, if they you don't can, fucking you keep could, up. You can only take out a loan if you stake uh, uh, collateral. It. You have to over-collateralize your, right. your, your positions or whatever, your loans. So that's nice. It's like a stress-free loaning it is. gig. You know what I mean? I was telling him about this, and he's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like this is clearly, like, if you got, like, a few thousand dollars, which he does, like, he just wants to find something to do with it. Yeah. So it's like, you know what? I'll just lend it to people I don't know who have terrible credit. Most likely are not going to pay me. Right. Going to default. Right. And then he's got to like figure out how to collect. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what struck me right now is in 2017, we had lending platforms, which all were scams. Remember BitConnect was a lending platform. Yeah. And we had several of these like scams going on and they were all lending platforms. At least that's, that's what they were touting. Yeah. And now we actually have real lending platforms, and they're a they have a positive connotation. Oh yeah, well this is like different. This well, is, it's different for sure. I mean, we're yeah. talking about decentralized finance here. <clears throat> True. Which is not the same as a Bitcoin yeah scam, whatever they were pushing over there. Yeah. True. But like like you said, this is all fine and dandy, and it's a great use case for the Ethereum blockchain and all this stuff. But this isn't going to catalyze any kind of like. Uh, mania phase, just like like the ICOs did. Yeah, correct. But I see a lot of similarities between ICOs and NFTs. As far as like people are creating these speculative instruments, that's how I view NFTs. Yeah. Just like I did cryptocurrencies when they were being, anyone who had an idea for crypto, they were just throwing it out there into the ether. Like I said, they're throwing darts mm-hmm. at a dartboard, see if, it, see if, they, if anything lands, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> and during the mania phase, Everything was fucking landing. So right now, like, we're definitely not in a mania because I'm sure there's tons of NFTs out there that are, like, you know. That are trash? <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, we got, like, the main staples of the NFT market. Like, you got Decentraland land. We got crypto. Yeah, here we go. Let's go to OpenSea. Let's take a look, dude. Let's, let's, uh, let's check it out and sort it by, like, like the highest valued shit. Look at all this stuff, man. Yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, this looks like traditional. Highest last sale. Yeah, these are like traditional in-game looking items. You know what I mean? That's what's so crazy about this. Centraland. There it is. There's a cat. <laughs> it's called Dragon. 600 Six- ETH? No way. That's what that says right there, dude. That's not ETH, is it? I think it's 600 bucks. That's my guess. No way, dude. It's a dollar. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, shit. No, no it might be ETH. ETH, dude. No fucking way. I don't even want to do the calculation for that. It's going to make me depressed. <laughs> but anyways, let's look at this thing. Let's break it down. Uh, this is yeah. This is the first time we've actually like w- opened OpenSea and yeah. So so this show? one, this crypto kitty is called Dragon. It's, it says salutations. I'm Dragon, a bit Re- Rebecca Black when I was is younger. I bit I bit I bit Rebecca Black when I was younger, but those days are gone. Believe it or not, spying on the neighbors is seriously exhilarating. You should try it sometime. Let's connect on ICQ. Who, who the fuck wrote that for one? Some. No, millennial is that is it the owner of this yeah it's got to be like yeah. the owner right like he's listing this for sale and this is his like uh yeah this is like the description <laughs> of the cat right jesus dude that did not make me want to buy that cat like not even a little bit <laughs> i don't know i think that icq quote there what what's that made even the mean? difference icq used to be like a chat platform back in the day in the late 90s 
Dude, what the fuck? Are you mm-hmm. serious? Yeah. Okay, like point zero zero one percent of people know that. That's what I'm saying. Well, if I mean, if you're a millennial, you might know that. I didn't know. It's that. like AIM, dude. I remember AIM. Yeah, it was like that. Okay. I oh. I seek you. I seek you. Oh shit. Yeah. Wow, dude. That was uh, mind, that was some mind blowing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> All right. So properties. Purple haze is the accent color. Five percent have this trait. So this is a. Pretty rare trait, I guess. Five percent sounds yeah. pretty rare to me. Five percent. Uh, base color is cotton candy. Eight percent have this trait. Uh, cool down timer, snappy, thirty minutes. Seven percent. That mean cool down? Oh, is that like the cool down on fucking <laughs> like mating? Maybe. Perhaps. Okay. Perhaps. Eye color is chestnut. Five percent. Eye shape is raised brow. Five percent. Wow, just because he has the people's eyebrow going. The people's eyebrow. That's right. Dude, that's intense. Uh, fur is Sphinx, 7%. I like color, Egyptian coal, 5%. Mouth, say cheese, 7%. Pattern, 7%. Virginity, virgin. This is a virgin cat, then. Says so 50% have this trait. So that means a lot of people aren't breeding their cats, right? Hmm. I'm assuming? That's what it looks like. Okay. Um, so this is, this virginity trait is, is, it's a virgin, Fifty percent, but it's one out of nine hundred and six thousand. What is that number? Nine hundred six thousand. I don't know, but nine hundred nine hundred six thousand virgins out there. Probably right. No, no, nine hundred six thousand kittens, and fifty percent of them are virgins, and this is one out of the fifty percent. Okay. And then uh, the last element here is called the wild element. It has a dragon tail. So no, see, see then, then this is one of six. So six thousand two hundred twenty-seven. Crypto cats have a dragon tail. A dragon tail. So this represents zero point thirty four percent have this trait. So that so basically, if you if okay, so then the virgin thing then it means there's nine hundred six thousand virgins cats. No, no, there's nine hundred six thousand cats. I don't think so, dude. Yeah, yeah. I think you got to multiply that by two because that means fifty percent are virgins, fifty percent are not. Oh, I see. So there's like oh, I see. Yeah, one point eight million cats in existence. I guess there's a fuck ton of cats. I think. I'm just trying to figure this out. Yeah, I guess bro. you're right, dude. <laughs> That's a lot of cats. So then it says stats nine generation out of 3,800. So the ninth gen. It's pretty early. Damn, dude, I should have fucking bought an early cat, dude. I can't believe I didn't. <laughs> so dumb. Well, they were going, like, way too expensive back then. Oh, yeah, like, let's go like how some. much? Like, well, for one, Ethereum was, like, 10x what it is today, so everything was more expensive back then. I guess, I guess in... It probably back then it was cheaper in the sense that I probably had more more ETH, yeah, yeah. more funds to to waste on shit like this or speculate with. I guess these days it's a little harder, right? <laughs> like clutching onto your funds, dear life. So here's here's the elevator pitch for CryptoKitties in case you're uh, unaware. CryptoKitties is a game centered around breedable, collectible, and oh so adorable creatures we call CryptoKitties. Each cat is one of a kind and 100% owned by you. It cannot be replicated, taken away, or destroyed. So basically, it's an NFT with like a cute cat on the cover, right? Because all NFTs share that trait. Like it's it's a unique asset registered on the Ethereum blockchain that you own. Right. Right? But yeah, we were talking earlier. What what makes CryptoKitties so valuable, I guess, is because what? It was the first viral uh, NFT. I guess, and they're cats, dude. Cats are freaking popular as fuck, man. Right. So, oh look at that, Dragon Tail, another cat, five hundred ninety nine ETH. Wait, why does it say five years left? 
Oh, that's just like the auction. Yeah. You don't see that? Oh, I see. Yeah. Five years left. <laughs> Anyways, so that's one. So, yeah, we're trying to understand like this whole NFT space. And uh, it's, I mean, I guess one of the origin NFTs would be CryptoKitties, right? We had CryptoPunks. What was the other one that you mentioned earlier? There was like Pepe's. Oh, Pepe's, yeah. Yeah. There's different Pepe's early on. And I'm sure there was other obscure. NFTs before then as well. Yeah, but this is the one that went hot. Yeah, this viral. is like this was this like choked the Ethereum network and yeah, this one like got mentioned on like mainstream press. Yeah, you know for for a first time like cats constrict blockchain network. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of headlines like that, like yeah. Ethereum broken by cats. Yeah. Or yeah. Shit like that. <laughs> so it was like a good look and a bad look at the same time, right? But it was exciting when I first saw that. I was like, damn, dude! Like things are happening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like. I don't know. So anyways. <clears throat> so CryptoKitties, we have land from Decentraland. We have F1. F1. Um, more land, more cats, more cars. Yeah, Prometheus. Here we go. Gods Unchained. Yes. Yeah, let's take a look at this. Let's take a look at the properties of Gods Unchained. So the highest offer is was Wrapped Ether. What's that mean? It's. I think it's just an Ether, right? It's, it's Ether that earns you interest. Kind of like a wrapped Bitcoin. Really? Yeah. Really? So it's about 235 bucks, I'm guessing. So that 235 Yeah. Point. So th- this looks like the one that was $100,000, no? Or that was that was a different card. It could be the same card, but maybe it's just, it's not like number one, maybe. Oh, okay. Number one is probably like the most valuable. So properties. So God, it's a neutral. So 29% have this. Keyword is burn. Uh, 3% have this. Quality is meteorite. 94% have this trait. Uh, rarity is mythic. One of wow. three very three rare traits. That. See, that's cool. That's a legit trait right there. Huh. Mythic. One of three. And then the set is mythic. One of three. Very rare. Type is a creature. 68% have this trait. Okay. So, but one ether? I don't know. I'm, I'm missing something here. Let me, let me click on this. Bid. Bid withdrawn. Oh, it was 235. Oh, the offer for this is one Ether. And it was sold for 235. So that's a little bit more. 235 Ethers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense because, like, dude, that's, that sounds like a pretty rare card. One of three? Oh, shit. Whoa, hold on. Was it ever sold before? No. Auctioned a month ago. This is a new. Okay, hold on. Hit load more. Oh, it says birth. So that's the very beginning, right? It yeah. It says birth. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Two months ago. Wow. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. See, so little- these are random rolls, dude. So you generate, so you create this smart contract and you have like these uh, properties and you random roll these properties and you get what you get when you uh, you birth them, I guess. So like the, the image itself, the card itself is already like, it's pre, pre-created. Pre-rendered, yeah. Yeah, pre-rendered. And then what you're rolling on are these properties, I guess. Yeah, correct. are attributed to your specific rendered art that's what i never understood like with these like cats and stuff like whenever you yeah. breed a cat it's just like you're you're generating a new unique id on the blockchain right correct so it's like a new it's a genetic new cat. code yeah but then like do you have to wait for the you know dapper labs or whatever to like draw it up for you or like is that's it, a good question yeah i i don't know the process myself because i never participated but <clears throat> i'm curious that's Say a good cat i'm sure they have so, like for example, this this tail from this cat—they've yeah. already had it drawn up, right? It's it's just it's a it's part of a an algorithm that they run. Yeah. 
And if it rolls a dragon tail, then you get a dragon tail. And then if since you rolled a purple cat, the dragon tail is now purple. Yeah. And so that's how they they probably don't they they automatically generate these renders. Okay. And that's why all the cats look very similar. So it's probably like, yeah, you're right. They're all like just templates. Yeah, they're all templates. They all look the same. The same but body shape. Same body shape. They have maybe some are fat, some are skinny. It doesn't matter. But there's like an eyebrow. Some have whiskers, some don't. Some have dragon tails, some don't. Mm. Like Makes some sense. have wings. Like it's all like rolled. It's all part of the algorithm that's random, I guess. Interesting. Well, that's cool. Yeah, man, we need to start buying some of these for real. <laughs> you know what I mean? Buying. Let's just make one, dude. Oh shit. Well. Okay. So th- this is a little bit more furry. This well, one see, floats. that one looks different. Well, that's it looks different. different just because it's it has a floating property. Well, that's the Genesis cat. Click on that. I want to see how expensive that motherfucker is. See, that's the one. That's the very first cat. Look at that motherfucker. It looks like a Mew. It does. It says, greetings, human. I am Genesis. The dogs know me as Alpha. The cats know me as Omega. To your kind, I am a riddle wrapped in an en- in enigma. First found by a user in Mystery, Alaska. I looked into the void, and the void looked back. Then I lost interest. I can't wait to be your new owner. Highest offer is 20 wrapped ETH. Last sold for oh, 246. Nice Where does it say that? Last sold. Right here. Oh, okay. Last sold. Yeah, right yeah. here. Okay, let's check a look at these properties. So, cooldown timer is fast, one minute. So, 4% has this trade exclusivity. It's exclusive, one of 268. Wow. Fanciness, it's fancy. What <laughs> the fuck? What does that mean? Six percent of the straight. Fancy. So not every cat has every property, course, obviously. Yeah. So fancy type is Genesis, one of one. Very rare trait. Virginity's oh, okay. virgin. Wow. So it doesn't have I don't understand what's going on here, dude. About what? It's like, oh, okay. It's so like, so so this go this should go way back then. Oh yeah. The OG, dude. Birth, right? Birth there. two years ago. Yeah. Twelve nineteen in the morning. November 23rd, 2017. Yep. So, so whoever got this cat, like, got extremely lucky, essentially. I thought that motherfucker already got sold. Like, it was like $100,000 or something worth of ETH at the time or something. That sold 246. Uh, That's back then. December. Ooh, shit. That was like a. An ETH would say like a thousand bucks. Yeah, thousand say bucks. like a thousand bucks. Yeah. So what is that? Like 200,000. 246,000 dollars. Shit. That is crazy. Damn. You ever bought that? Right now, it's not worth that much, dude. <laughs> no. Yeah. So the crypto kitty, they, that's what I'm saying. It went through like a bubbleish phase, right? NFTs do that. Tend to do that. <clears throat> so people are offering 0.0001 ETH. Like these are troll offers. Yeah. And then it moved to a, a different wallet. More offers. This is interesting. This isn't looking good, look at, though. Look dude. at that. So this guy's had this cat on the market for like years. And hasn't like been able to sell it? Is that what's happening here? Well, he sold it once. Well, not he. Like somebody oh, sold this, it. This guy, yeah. This this new current owner, guy. He's fucked, yeah. <laughs> right? Like he can't liquidate this no more. He's getting nothing but troll offers, dude. Nobody wants it. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> they might have big problems, dude. No, I mean, you just hold on to it. I mean, you didn't buy this to like flip it, did you? I don't know. How are you well, gonna obviously, sp- how are you gonna spend- got it. he has it on the market, dude. How are you going to spend $200,000 on this he, crypto kitty? Dude, he probably made like like millions during the run-up, and he probably like fucked up and like held. <laughs> he hodled. And now he's like, he's, the taxes are coming up. He's like, fuck, man, I really need to liquidate my, yeah. my shit coins. But yeah, in this case, this is the Genesis cat, dude. I definitely wouldn't sell that for sure. It's actually kind of crazy that it's on the market. Nobody's buying it. 
Yeah, I mean, he wants too much for it. This is a cat that you like. You you just show off. You don't you don't really sell. See, then this is my question. Okay, like, how do you flex this cat? Well, That's okay. a good question. You know what I mean? Like nobody knows you own this fucking thing unless like maybe like your inner circle you have to like log into your wallet and be like, Hey, yeah, get over here. Yeah, it's yeah. like look at, you wanna see something cool? Yeah. It's like check out I got the Genesis cat. It's like you wanna fuck? Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's you you get that much clout from owning the Genesis cat. Yeah, probably not. But my point is there needs to be a way for you to flex these fucking things. What's the point, dude? Yeah, for sure. If you're spending all this money But how would you do it ideally? Like social networking type oh, platform, shit, yeah. Maybe Facebook. How do you flex some integration? Like, like a like a NFT Instagram, dude. Like how's like how do people flex in real life? Fucking Instagram and like Twitter and Facebook. Well, your identity is your Instagram. Yeah, your identity is online, right? Yeah, <laughs> but there is no no crypto identity yet. It's you true. I mean? Yeah, maybe like on Instagram, you can like start displaying your NFT like <laughs> arsenal. Know. I don't know. I, I do. I've never been on Instagram my whole life. I don't even know how it works. <laughs> don't go on there. It's yeah. toxic as hell. Because of that, right? It's just people yeah. flexing. Yeah. Literally. It's fake news all day. Yeah. But <laughs> but I I guess these are different. You don't have to flex, but it'd be nice if you could. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you had some questions on ERC tokens. What is this? Is this the Bible? This is the Bible. Show the Bible. Who made this? Um... Gosh. It was Devin. Oh, Open Sea, right? Yeah, Devin Finzer. He posted it on Open Sea blog. Okay. Uh, four days ago, so I definitely recommend reading this. This was like really easy to read, in my opinion. Yeah, it's a really good. Over- yeah, yeah. I looked at the table of contents and I thought I was like, dude, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah. It looks really long, but it's not that long. You could probably finish it in like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, it looks long, but it's not long, and it's a pretty easy read. Plus, if you're interested in NFTs, like this will go by like. Pretty quick, yeah, man. And like, uh, and there's lots of people out there who are like beginning to recognize like these things are, you know, if you ever played an MMO like World of Warcraft or something, there's people who legit, well, not made a living, made like a virtual living, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. playing the auction house game. Basically, like the objective in that game, well, one of the objectives was to like get as much gold as you could, right? Because everything costs gold, just like it does in real life. Yeah. So there's multiple ways to do that. Either you grind off of like like mobs in the game or you could you can manipulate the in-game economy to your advantage so you would buy you would go to an auction house and you would buy out like a whole sector of like maybe raw materials or whatever and then you would like raise the price or something like that Mm. or you could undercut the market sure there's you know there's ways to do it just like people buy and sell on ebay same shit yeah so like in this nft space it's starting to People are starting to do experiment with that and actually like profit. Maddie has said things like that. He's starting to make some. I mean, he's been doing that with land, right? Mm-hmm. Buying and selling yeah. land. Yeah. But now he's starting to experiment with these gods and chain cards, uh, other shit, right? So, anyways. Yeah. So non fungible tokens is is the long version of what we keep talking about called NFTs, and the standards are part of what makes non fungible tokens powerful. They give yeah. developers the guarantee. That assets will behave in a specific way and describe exactly how to interact with the basic functionality of the assets. So we have a couple of ERC standards. So the original ERC was was called ERC twenty, mm. and that ERC twenty standard was to make your own Ethereum token, an ERC twenty token. That there are thousands 
of these tokens on Ethereum right now. Yeah. And that's what uh, was used during the ICO phase when people were creating their own tokens to sell for their given product that mm -hmm. they hope people were to, you know, just buy in and, and profit off of their project, I guess. Speculative stuff. And Vi I'm assuming Vitalik came up with this standard? I'm guessing. I don't know what the origin of ERC-20 was. Yeah. I It, it could have been developed by the community. Yeah. Somebody, um, somebody, I don't know, either Vitalik or just somebody early on in the community figured out. Yeah, like somebody just made it easy to create tokens. Yeah. And they made it into a standard ERC-20. And so having said that, there are, there are other standards for NFTs. And the first one is ERC-721. And so this was pioneered by CryptoKitties. Okay. So, so 721 was the first standard for representing non-fungible digital assets. So that's why CryptoKitties, you know, was popular, I guess, because they, they set a standard. Yeah. And ERC-721 is inheritable solidity smart contract standard, meaning that developers can easily create new ERC-721 compliant contracts by importing it from Open Zeppelin library. So Open Zeppelin is a company that, that audits different smart contracts. Mm -hmm. So they, they, what they do is they make sure that smart contracts don't have any um, bugs or, you know, any malicious backdoors. Like before or after this shit gets Before, before. before, yeah. So you have to check in with these guys before you issue your own smart contract or something? No, no, no. So if you, if you do a ERC-721 contract for your own NFT, yeah. you don't have to go through them. It's already verified. You're just, you're just reusing it. What I'm saying is what they did was before it became a standard, they looked at the smart contract and verified it. So everyone who's creating NFTs right now, like all that open C shit we just saw, those are all, all ERC seven twenty ones. Correct. Is, so CryptoKitties built like a template. Correct. So all you do is like plug in oh, yeah. your specific just like you would for a cryptocurrency. That's you right. Just plug in the name, plug in the amount. That's something right. Something like that. That's right. Yeah, okay. the name, the how many you want to start out with. And uh, maybe a couple other entries. So what about all these traits and stuff? Does that have anything to do? I think that's something that you add to the smart contract. Really? That's something that you customize. So like if you had a CryptoKey versus Gods Unchained, they, have, they, have tr they each have traits that, are, that apply to their game mechanic. Yeah, and I don't think they're, you know, CryptoKitties has their breeding process. I don't think Gods Unchained, you don't... You don't mate breed, yeah, cards together. <laughs> I don't think that's what happens. You don't make, you don't mate gods. No, <laughs> gods just are. Just, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they just exist. Yeah, but I think yeah. So these are there's there's things that separate them, I guess. Yeah, and it's all about the game mechanic, right? You mate these cats because that's that's part of their game. But uh, in Gods of Chain, it's kind of independent. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Interesting. So uh, it says here, ERC-721 is actually relatively simple. It provides a mapping of unique identifiers, each of which represent a single asset to address, which represent the owner of that identifier. So ERC-721 also provides a permissioned way to transfer these assets using the transfer form. So then they get into a little bit of code here. Um, that's So 721, just to keep in mind, is like, that's the non-fungible. So what, what is fungibility? So yeah. what does that mean? Break it down, Willis. So to, when something is fungible, uh, I'll give you an example of something that's fungible, gold. So gold can be broken down into pieces. Bitcoin, you can have half a Bitcoin or a quarter or a tenth, a millionth of a Bitcoin. Uh, you can have, you know, one thousandth of an ounce of gold if you wanted. 
So those are fungible, things that can be broken down into pieces. So that's why CryptoKitties are non-fungible so that you can't have half a cat or a quarter of a cat. You can only have one cat. Uh-huh. And so that's why non-fungibles, NFTs, is, is, is represented by the standard ERC-721. So, uh, and then, of course, there's another standard called ERC-1155. And there's not, there's not a whole lot of standards yet. So these are the, the first two, and we'll talk about one more after this one. Uh, but ERC-1155 was pioneered by an engine team. Mm-hmm. And this brings the idea of semi-fungibility to the F- NFT world. So these, so you can imagine what a semi-fungibility is a cat that is sort of merged with food. So food has a fungibility to it. You can have half of food, half of chicken wing, you know, half of an amount of food. And so you would sell this as a coupled asset to, um, to somebody, right? Your cat with this fungible food. Um, let me see if they, ha- if they provide an example here. So the other, the other example to this would be one advantage of this type of system is efficiency. The, with ERC-721, if a user wanted to transfer 1,000 swords, they would need to modify the smart contract state for 1,000 unique tokens. So essentially, you would have to send somebody 1,000 swords in 1,000 different transactions. One at a time. One at a time. So and then with ERC-1155, the developer need only call transfer form with quantity of 1,000 and perform a single transfer operation. Okay. So in the case where you have a decentralized game and, and part of your game mechanic is to send multiple assets to, to people, then you would use the ERC-1155 standard so that you, do, you send those multiple assets all in one transaction instead of sending them in several independent <coughs> transactions. But this, <coughs> I guess this is needed for like, why is this needed? So like um, for like junk items maybe? Uh, it could be junk it says, items. It says right there, like uh, the trade-off is you get increased efficiency, but with the loss of information, no longer trace the history of the individual. Yeah, because right? if I send you 20 swords or 1,000 swords, um, yeah. th- there is no history for each individual sword no- now. Yeah. Like it, it's... That so, de- so that like devalues its uh, its value, I'm assuming. Potentially. I mean, if your game mechanic doesn't... Think of it as like a car. You know, yeah. It needs to be in the car market. You know, people, yeah. what increases the value of a car is if it has it's traceable history. Yeah. It has good records of like transfer of ownership, has good records of maintenance and all that stuff. So I guess the same applies to these uh, digital assets, right? Right, right. That makes sense. But I guess... So yeah, this, the efficiency part, you know, some games might require uh mass transfer, I don't know, like uh yeah, some like for example, if um <clears throat> what's that game called um it was on Nintendo. Well, anyway, you would sort of like mine for like fruits and uh flowers and you give like some of these assets to other players in the game, but you're not giving them like a single asset, you're giving multiple of the same assets, like 20 apples yeah. and so forth. So perhaps your decentralized game allows you to send people assets, but in quantities. Mm-hmm. And so that would be, that. that's when you would use ERC-1155, so that you're sending them in single transactions, not in multiple transactions. Okay. Because think about it. For me to send you a CryptoKitty, it's going to cost gas, even if it was for free, right? I, I was just giving you a CryptoKitty. It would cost gas. 
Yeah. So if I were if I were to send you twenty swords, each one would cost gas. So with ERC eleven fifty five, it would be a one time transaction. Gotcha. And so there's this other thing called composables ERC eleven uh, ERC nine ninety eight standard. So it's uh, NFTs can own both non fungible and fungible assets. Um, there have only been several composable NFTs deployed on mainnet, but we think it's an exciting opportunity. Um, provide a template by which NFTs can own both non-fungible and fungible assets. So I think that's that's my earlier example of a crypto kitty may own a scratching post and a feeding dish. The dish may contain some amount of fungible chow tokens. If I sell the crypto kitty, I sell all the belongings of the crypto kitty. Hmm. So that's that's my earlier example. I had that confused with ERC eleven fifty five. Oh, okay. So the composable, the, the I guess they call it composables, the ERC nine nine eight. That's where you can have a crypto kitty with like a food, a fungible food, and you could sell that in one transaction. So this is just to show that Ethereum has these different standards from crypt from generating actual currency, right? The, the currency that you're well aware of, but not only that, but NFT style tokens as well. I guess they go down like from order of like most valuable to least valuable. Like, well, it's, it's not, it's not that it's more about like, what does the community need? Well, yeah. Like, like if a gaming developer needs, like if you have a full blown inventory, uh, like, yeah, let's say you had a, a, uh, a Diablo character, yeah, and you had different assets attached to that character, and some of those assets are fungible, like gold. You can you can now send that character to somebody for you know maybe not even just like maybe like just you know like in games you kill you kill a gorilla and it drops like a tail or something like that, yeah. or if you kill a a skeleton, it drops some bones, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and there's these bones you just keep collecting them over time. Maybe you could sell them on the open market for like just yeah the money. The, the collective bones set of yeah bones. the set of bones like yeah. you've, you've harvested a thousand bones over the last yeah. week of playing this game right you know all of a sudden you want to liquidate yeah so that you get your funds uh, maybe other people want these bones for like certain recipes or something like that yeah you know, for it's, sure it's a market it's an economy yeah in itself so yeah. yeah this all these new standards are. Basically, like experienced game developers, they're recognizing, like you know, yeah, this shit needs to be incorporated in order for us to, like, yeah, have all the tools necessary to, you know, build legitimate games. I guess. Yeah, for sure, that makes sense. So, um, I think a lot of this stuff came throughout, like, just the necessity of it, but not how does, necessarily. How does, how does the engine token play into all this? Do you know? I do not know. Oh. Uh, I think engine needed this standard, or let's say, let's say. Engine just made maybe, this, maybe, and then it became a standard. Maybe that's where you liquidate, like the engine platform or something, to you get engine tokens reward or something like that. I don't know. I'm literally just throwing that out of my ass, dude. I don't have no idea. Yeah, I mean, it, it just depends. I mean, maybe somebody's creating a, a game based off the engine network, and yeah, they just built a standard. Oh, well, they like you said, if you're building a game, I think they built a smart contract, and then it became a standard. Hosted by Engine or something like that. It's not. It's not hosted. It was just developed by Engine, and now it's like open source, so we okay. could use it. Anybody could use it. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. So yeah, this is crazy. So uh, yeah, I recommend this read. I think we just wanted to go over like the breakdowns of each ERC type. 
Yeah, because to me, that's the hardest part to understand. Everything else is pretty, uh, you know, it goes over, like, the history of NFT, NFTs, how they were born, how they're progressing. It gives you a lot of examples of, of you know, the current market. Here we go. We got CryptoKitties. They'll talk about Decentraland at some point. Uh, here you go. Speculative mechanics. Yeah. 5,000 ETH in volume during its peak. Oh, here we go. Yeah, see? That looks pretty bubbly to me. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I guess well this is just crypto games, but yeah. The point yeah, yeah, man, the reason why to pay attention to this stuff, like I said, it's it's there's speculative tools, man. That's what cryptocurrencies were at the beginning, man. It's just right. people were just creating tools for people to speculate with. You know? So it's something to pay attention to for sure. And something for us, we want to get involved because this is Yeah. I mean, we like I said, we got tons of ideas, dude. I don't know if we wanna uh well before we, we talk about those ideas, I think the the last thing that we want to talk about is Spencer Dinwiddie. Let me bring this up real quick. Okay. So Spencer Dinwiddie is an NBA player. Uh he plays for uh Brooklyn Nets. And uh, so he said this week that he wants to tokenize his NBA contract on January thirteenth, which happens to be today. Hmm. Uh, and this is in spite of the NBA's threat to ban him from the professional Damn. basketball league, which it's kind of important because the way he he's looking to tokenize his guaranteed contract is, I think it's like a four-year contract. The first three years are guaranteed, and the, the fourth year is like an option for the player. And so what he wants to do is he wants to tokenize his contract so that he gets all the money up front. And then in return for the investors, they would get 4.95% interest on, on that token. Um, so let's see. So the bond will be issued with the help of a security token platform, Securitize. Okay, who, yeah. Whose CEO, Carlos Domingo, announced the partnership on Twitter. So he says, first bond being made, managed by a digital transfer agent operating on the Ethereum blockchain. So uh, he hopes that there's many more to come. Uh, the idea surfaced in October 2019 when Dinwiddie announced his plan to roll out on the Ethereum-based investment platform Dream fan shares to sell 90 tokens called SD8 coins. The scheme would allow him to instantly collect $13.5 million off of his $34 million guaranteed three-year contract. Uh, token holders would then receive monthly payments in the next three years with a 4.95 base percent interest. Huh. Which is interesting. So he's essentially. <clears throat> so what he's what I'm thinking. If I was Dinwiddie, I'm thinking I can take thirteen. So, I can take thirteen point five million dollars and make more than four point nine for four point nine five percent off of that thirteen point five million dollars. Make more than that percentage, and then just pay out. Uh, I, I guess the investors four point nine five percent, and I make the difference. Like you, you would have to, you would, well, yeah. So he's confident if, that he if can make if above. he's smart, or he could just blow it all. You know, it's essentially yeah. he's just loaning yeah. out but his. Dude, own he would be money. so screwed, man. Shit, dude, it's happened. It's happened so many times. That's exactly why the NBA is not down with this, dude. Well, the NBA is not down with this is because they're not getting a cut or they're not involved. They're they're just exactly yeah. So the well, NBA NBA wants to eventually they're gonna want to facilitate all this stuff on the NBA platform. Possibly. That's why they're 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 trying to stop them, dude. And that's the only reason. I, I, but again, it's, also, it's, like I said, it's gambling. Yeah, I haven't heard much about Securitize. I'm assuming this is like a SEC. I would hope this is an SEC regulated platform. Probably because you know? this is a, this is a security token offering. Yeah, it's an STO. Yeah, 
It's a, it's it's like it's like the people who are participating in this STO. They're like individually staking themselves into like the success of this guy's career, essentially. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, it says here the NBA was not thrilled with Dinwiddie's proposal, claiming that the tokenization platform would constitute a breach of the NBA's players' collective bargaining agreement. The three-year uh, of his contract is optional, the third year, uh, which means that the investors would gain a, gain more in dividends in 2021 if Dinwiddie decided to pursue a higher-paying contract elsewhere. Pretty much what they said was that the player option was gambling. So point here is that there's an NBA player trying to tokenize his NBA contract. There you go, man. It's happening. So, <laughs> I mean, technically, this is his contract. He signed it. They're mm-hmm. paying him. Mm-hmm. They're paying him to play. What I wonder is, like, what if he gets injured? I think it's still guaranteed, but I think there's, like, it, it just depends on what the contract says. Yeah. A lot of contracts are, like, incentive-based, too. Incentive-based, like based, yeah. based on, like, your performance and stuff. Yeah, like, if you make the all-star team, you get more, you get, like, a bonus. Exactly. You know, things like that. That's where I would think, like, there would be some kind of, like, uh, <clears throat> like speculation. Like, if I, if I was, like, an STO investor into this guy's career, I would like to get a, a piece of that. Like, if he... You know, like, like say, let's say it's a college player. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Out of That's what I expected. This is different than what I expected. Yeah, like you can own a piece of a college player, so that exactly. when he gets into like a portion of, let's that, say it's LeBron yeah. in high school, yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden he launches an STO for his fucking career, which you know would be the most expensive NBA STO, STO ever. Yeah, ever. Everybody wanted a piece of yeah, his career, for right? Sure. Yeah, because he was already big in high school. Yeah, so you're anticipating this guy is going to make multi-million dollar deals in the future. Yeah. He could be the next Michael Jordan, have billion dollar industry. And all he would have name. to do is tokenize 20% of his identity. Yeah, exactly. His career. His, yeah. His life achievement. His, yeah, basketball career. And I don't know why he would want to raise all those funds, but I guess just for money. Like, yeah, he would get money up front. Exactly. You know? Who knows? Like, it, it could he could... Fucking tears ACL like uh, yeah the first Friday week. night <laughs> yeah and his career's over and all yeah. of a sudden it's kind of like an insurance policy on his own career in a yeah. way yeah exactly and then these people are speculating like fuck man See, I, I wanted a piece of this exactly that's what I was expecting yeah but not this this is and this is different this yeah. is, again this is like boomer like four yeah. percent interest rate you know, I'm sick of this <laughs> shit dude <laughs> yeah. all this boomer math like dude this is not risky enough for me man I need yeah. some juice. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true yeah like that's what i want i want to invest in like like there's like this like youtube kid he's like trying to start a music career like the next justin beaver yeah it's like dude you know what stl your fucking career we're gonna fund you and you know then you can go on tour with all this money and hopefully you become the next beaver and you know but i want to cut yeah you get 20 percent <laughs> of like his earnings well if you own 20 percent of the well, if you yeah. own 20 percent, yeah yeah that's how I should go down, dude. That's that's the whole Hell point. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> what the fuck's taking so long, god damn it? That's just what I'm well, telling you. It's, the it's SEC regulation. Is like, yeah. yeah. God damn. regulation, dude. But but like it's making progress though. Like Yeah, exactly. That's what this, he, this is all about. Well clearly he's aware about the cryptocurrency market. Yeah. And he's I think he's weighed his risk to benefit ratio in terms of like getting the thirteen point five million up front and then paying out the four and a half or five percent interest. Yeah. I, shit, I, I would think I can, with $13.5 million, I can make more than 5% on it. Yeah, if you just give it all to, like, a financial advisor. Yeah. It was like, give me 15%, please. I'll be happy with that. <laughs> like, triple my yeah money. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, this is good. This is good. These are steps. Stepping yeah. stones, dude. I'm happy. Yeah, I, th- I, thought, I thought it was cool. Yeah, uh, security I think- tokens is like, dude, I was like, 
freaking balls deep into security yeah, tokens a long time ago. That, that was, it used to be another of our prediction, like speculative events. <laughs> but the SEC like put a chokehold on that. Exactly. That was it. Yeah. And also, like it limits uh, speculation because I think up until now, only people who can actually participate in this market are like accredited investors. That's right. So it's like, oh shit, you know what? Um, I don't know if we talked about the accredited investors like constriction was opened up a little bit. Oh yeah. So that the public can start participating in security tokens. Remember what? I shared I shared that with you. You telling me the SEC like changes guidelines oh, just yeah, for dude. STOs? Absolutely. No fucking way. Yeah, dude. There's come on, man. Dude, no I sent fucking this to way. You. Uh let's see if I can find it. SEC um accredited investor uh change. Change. There it is. So the SEC proposes to update accredited investor definition to increase access to investments. The Securities and Exchange Commission voted to propose amendments to the definition of accredited investor. One of the principal tests who is eligible to participate in our private capital markets. So, of course, they're not going to mention cryptocurrencies here. Let me do a quick search on crypto. No. Uh, token. No. So. <laughs> wrecked. <laughs> Fucking wrecked. Told you, dude. Uh. So I, I do. I mean, it's just if bullshit you're, to begin with, man. You need like million dollar plus net. Who the dude? Come on, it's like all the juicy opportunities are only available to the rich. Like, yeah, the, and on, that's mate. and that's the point of them opening it up a little bit. Now I haven't verified how much how open it is, but uh, but they they're changing it to make it a little bit more open. So what does that mean? I haven't. Yeah, we don't, don't know. know the depths of that. We'll see. Yeah, because yeah, I think I think we put on the list a couple of weeks ago to talk about it, but I, I think we never got around to it just because we got we were talking about something else. But I'll look into this. I want to verify because I'm interested in this. Yeah. And uh, we'll, well, we'll yeah, follow that, up on That's kind of why I lost interest in STOs because like the issuance platforms like Polymath and I guess Securitize is another one I haven't really even looked into. But right. yeah, it's like. You couldn't even like get access to their, you know, the market data, like see what the hell's going on on there, because you're like, you need a credit investor just to like get into the fucking portal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, dude, this sucks. Yeah this this was issued December eighteenth, twenty nineteen. This so is very recent. About a month ago. Nah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. A month ago. Jesus, dude. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I mean, uh, obviously, waiting for the SEC, you're gonna be waiting forever, but nonetheless, there's progress. So, uh, last thing we want to talk about is, so we've been tossing around this idea, um, in, in the NFT space. Yeah. Where <clears throat> I, don't, I don't even tossing know. around multiple ideas for one, like the direction of this podcast in yeah. general is one. Well, that's one, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of like started the whole conversation. Yeah. And so yeah. far, everything that we've done has been transparent, open. I mean, we've yeah, talked about, yeah. we talked about MetaZone way before we built it. Yeah, like we or we stumbled onto Centraland. That's we how we stumbled, found out. Yeah. That's how we. Well, I mean, we knew about NFTs, I guess, but Crypto Kitties. But I didn't even technically we know it was yeah. an NFT. Yeah, we didn't really look into it either. Not really. I was just. It was just. I heard cats. I'm like not interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we were all looking at this crypto thing, right? I think yeah. that's what the majority of the market do. Everyone's sleeping on this shit. But. Yeah. So so the main idea is that we've been transparent. And I think we want to remain transparent on the things that we want to look into and get some feedback from the community. Yeah, I know there's some of y'all out there who are like deep in. You're like in the same boat as us. You know, you you want you 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 see opportunities in this market, either if it's Decentraland or you know NFTs or any other virtual world. You know, and 
and you want to contribute, I guess. You want to see it succeed, man. I don't yeah. know how else to put it. Like we, talk I mean, about specifically this all the time. for Decentraland. I mean, we keep yeah. talking about Decentraland a lot because we want to see it succeed. We 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 feel like it has like a large opportunity. Yeah, and uh, and we just and we want to do whatever whatever we can to make it work. Yeah. So like us as a team, you know, all three or four of us, we're always thinking on our own time. Like, dude, yeah. how do we like what do we do here? <laughs> like, yeah. how do we how do we maximum contribute to like making this thing a reality? Like we're not a part of the Decentraland team, obviously. Yeah, we're not. So we ha- we don't know what's going on internally. We're actually kind of like openly in disagreement with a lot of what they do. And yeah. we're not alone in these sentiments. There's a lot of people in the community who don't feel, yeah, you know, like what's being done is what needs to be done. You know, I think they have all the right intentions. And obviously they want their platform to succeed, you know, because they have a personal investment you know, yeah for sure at stake for sure yeah the you last know? thing you want to do is you spend you know the last couple of years working on a th- on a project that doesn't doesn't do anything yeah and so like you're saying we we have our own like opinions on where decentralized should go and what they should focus on yeah and what well, we're trying to do is just figure out ways where we can contribute to to the community so that it's sustainable yeah and sustainable as, and like it it, uh, I guess more attractive in a way. Yeah, it's yeah. not. It's like because what we see right now, like if if we're not in the mix, <laughs> literally, and if we don't deploy what we have in mind, yeah, <laughs> is it, I I think like people are just gonna log into this world once it launches. They're gonna explore. They're gonna be like, oh, this is cute, and, and they're gonna and, miss <laughs> the point. Yeah, they're gonna. Explore. Yeah, we're talking about normies here. Yeah, well, they're gonna yeah. explore and they're gonna walk around. It's like, well, this is nothing like Minecraft. This well, is, yeah, like, like, what do I do? Right? Yeah, well, like, what's the what's? Yeah, yeah, well, what's why? Why am I here? Man, why am I supposed to spend mana? Like on what? Yeah, you yeah, know? Like, yeah. What's there's? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, and and so we we mentioned this before, and we're gonna keep mentioning it, this because we feel like if it's not sustainable, it's nobody's gonna come to Decentraland. Yeah, and so that's why we've come up with MetaZone, a way for people to like deploy stuff from creators, anybody who. Anybody who can make anything in Decentraland with an SDK or, or, or with any 3D builder or 3D um, blender, um, you can put it on, this, on MetaZone and have somebody buy it and then deploy it onto their, onto their land. And hopefully the thing that you create has some sort of ROI mechanic, some way for the landowner and yourself to make money, in this case mana, and so that's what, why we built the games that we have. Like we have the, the block runner and we have pack runner. Mm-hmm. And so now we're thinking about how do we incorporate Decentraland with additional NFTs? And so we're tossing around this idea of having some mining component added on top of Decentraland. So players would go to, like, how would you, how would you explain it? Players would go, well, first of all, like... <clears throat> What uh, I think like the most important thing is like the core philosophy behind it is, okay, we got an open world, right? That's mm-hmm. been created. We didn't create this. There's 90,000 parcels out there. You could, you could think of it as like legitimate uh, land. If you eliminate like the whole digital aspect to it, there's a, there's a finite source mm-hmm. of like building material out there, just like there is an earth. Yeah. You can't build an infinite amount of stuff on earth because there's a, there's, there's there's a limited there's a resources. Yeah. So the same, like, economic, I guess, like, uh, infrastructure is there in the digital landscape. So I'm thinking, 
you can apply some of the real world mm-hmm. yeah. uh, elemental uh, properties into this digital world, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. and, and for what reason uh, to create an incentive for people to actually come. Yeah. It's like if we discovered a planet, <laughs> like let's say like SpaceX one day finds a new planet and it's got like this awesome resource on it. Yeah. What the fuck do you think all the billionaires in the world are going to want to do, dude? They're going to want to build it. Yeah, everyone's going to be the next blue origin. We got purple origin and gold yeah, origin. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's going to be making rocket ships. They're going to go to this planet. Yeah. Because there's something valuable there. Right. So, I mean, all we have to do is is implant this valuable scarcity within the ecosystem of the of Decentraland. Yep. That is what I'm thinking. Yeah. So, can we do that? I, I think along the lines of like, I think Satoshi had these same thoughts in his head whenever he created Bitcoin. He's like, dude, like, how do I get people wanting to give a fuck about this, you know, decentralized validation network or whatever, this Bitcoin protocol, right? Yeah. You, you couldn't just put it out there. Like, you know how Nano, like Nano operates just off like the good merit of the community. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like you guys, you know, you're not earning mano, Nano by mining on the network, right? But if you're good people, you'll you'll just mine anyways, right? So yeah, yeah. That's not how saying. fucking people operate, dude. Yeah. People need a carrot. We need for sure. this carrot on the stick, right? Yeah, for sure. And it, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to get into the mind of Satoshi when he was doing this because, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, whatever he did, it worked. Yeah, like he he set a scare, like he created an artificial scarcity with well, twenty one million. I think it was more about solving a problem, mm-hmm. and. He had a solution of it, and to deploy that solution, he had to run the network himself. He had to be the first miner. Yeah, and so because like he created it, right? And right, he, he created it, so he just nobody else. Everyone, you know, he had like a maybe like a circle of right. like developers. Yeah, for sure. Like but, he couldn't have done it by himself, but yeah. so he deployed it. He was the first miner, or his group was were the first miners, and then uh, Hal Finney he started to run the, the network a few days after it launched. Yeah. And uh, you saw that tweet. He tweeted like January 10th or something, a couple of days after it launched. Yeah. And uh, he said he was he was gonna. Is that the guy who run Bitcoin? Cryogenically froze himself. Yeah, that guy. Dude, that guy's badass, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a boss move, dude. Yeah. Freeze yourself. And so they were early <laughs> in mining. So of course they earned a lot of Bitcoin. But yeah, they didn't earn a lot of Bitcoin for the incentive of collecting Bitcoins. It was more about like this is nerdy shit. This solves a big worldwide problem. It solves a computer science problem. Mm-hmm. And all I have to do is run this application on my computer and it solves that problem. Let's see if we can get others to download this application and run it. Yeah. And so so we're, we're talking about taking those aspects and figuring out how to deploy that on Decentraland. And mm-hmm. to create, like I said, some, some sort of legitimate scarcity on there. Because right now they, there's, it's, it's, it's an open platform and there's no reason for people to come. Yeah, and I know. So you got like a few options. Either you make like this amazing actual g- game experience, which is very costly, uh, very difficult to do on Decentraland because of the land constraints. It's, it's and the not limitations. Cheap. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of limitations. Or you create some type of money incentive. You know. Yeah, like we did. Yeah, <clears throat> and this. Uh, <clears throat> it's literally. Uh, so I don't know how deep you want to go into the idea. Well, let, let's go. Let's go as deep as. <laughs> As it goes. Uh, so, so the idea is essentially this. The gameplay is you would... Uh, yeah, the gamification, let's call it. Yeah, so we would create a smart contract using ERC... Or we wouldn't create a smart contract. We would create an NFT token using ERC-721, pretty standard. 
let's say an arbitrary amount, like let's say 60,000 units of this material, this scarce material, if you will. And uh, the way you gain access, the way you acquire this material is by going into Decentraland, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's not as simple as walking around Decentraland, you start acquiring these Mm -hmm. NFT tokens. Mm -hmm. So what you have to do is you have to have landowners deploy some mechanism to their land Mm -hmm. so that players can come and visit their land and quote unquote mine this material. Yeah. Essentially, essentially it's like a landowner is deploying a Bitcoin mining infrastructure. Let's not call it a big, but yeah, it's the same thing. Let's, those guys who are going to Iceland and building these big ass warehouses filled with PC, yeah. like, you know, uh, ant mines or whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah. You know, these Bitcoin miners. Why are they doing that? Because they're incentivized to do that. They're making money doing that. Right. And, you know, I, yeah, they're, they're fulfilling a purpose and upholding the network and stuff like that. But, dude, they're, they're, their incentive is obviously monetary. It, it, it is, but you have, to, you have to remember, in order to run it, it's, it's so expensive to run a mining company that it has to be profitable so part of the mining aspect is is also propping up the price of bitcoin agreed because once the bitcoin price starts lower and then there's less miners and it becomes unprofitable but then it it sort of stabilizes again so i don't want to say that mining props up the price of bitcoin so much so that it it's it helps right the fact that there's so many miners and that is so difficult to compromise the bitcoin blockchain just because it's just it's by design um, that helps prop up the price of Bitcoin. But point here is, is that you would be able to extract some of these NFT tokens by quote unquote mining into central. And it, it yeah. doesn't have to look like a factory. It doesn't have to look like a, yeah. a rig. It could literally be a giant rock that you go and interact with. Mm-hmm. And the way you interact with is you interact by paying, let's say uh, a man a fee. Mm-hmm. And then you have the potential to mine these NFTs. Yeah. So then the I'm not co- exactly sure like how Bitcoin started out, like as far as like, but I know like the difficulty has been increasing. Uh, oh, based yeah, yeah. On- so, so Bitcoin started out with like extremely easy difficulty. Yeah, of course. Right. Cause it's because like, your like laptop, that, 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 yeah, that early circle who started the damn thing. Yeah. They, they were running it on laptops. Yeah. And I don't know. I'm assuming that thing that, they were getting rewarded up the oh, ass, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So the same mechanism will apply in this scenario, right? Yeah. So those who are early in, in mining in Decentraland, they have a higher rate of returns on this mm-hmm. on this material, this NFT material. Which is not going to be like this at the beginning, I'm assuming. No one's going to think of it as anything valuable, right? Just like nobody yeah. thought of Bitcoin was like less than a penny or something at one point in right. those origin times. But over time, as more and more people adopted it and more and more people were working to uphold it, you know, yeah, it grew, the value grew. People started speculating like, hey, there's something here. You yeah. Know? And so part of the part of this, um, it was, so we would institute this decay rate. So the more as time goes on, the decay rate of the entrance of this NFT material starts to get harder and harder to obtain. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then your natural question is, well, why would I do this for this just random NFT? Mm-hmm. So we've come up with this, this uh, additional layer of purpose for this material. So if you stake this material in a different smart contract, 
you can convert that material into uh, a different material. Let's say you're going from uh, this original ore to carbon, and then you stake it again. You go from carbon to diamond. You stake it again. You go from diamond to like kryptonite. And so each phase of this material represents some time span of staking. So like the first stage is like a week. The next stage is a month. The stage after that is like six months. And so all this does is it, it, it represents the time, time value that was put into this, uh, this, this unit of, of NFTs. Mm -hmm. And so then the, the final concept to this would be that once you've evolved this material so many times, you'll be able to embed this material into a standard NFT, like a CryptoKitty or a Gods Unchained. Mm. And so it would create like sort of this, this we're, we're thinking it might be a new standard where you can kind of merge ERC721 tokens together into a, a, a new standard that developers could adopt. Let's say you're playing Gods Unchained and you're playing a card that has this embedded core into it, this embedded, um, you know, kryptonite in it. Mm -hmm. All it does, it just modifies the look of the card. It doesn't, it doesn't make the card any more OP or I mean, it overpowered. Could, it could, depending on whatever the game developer decides. That's, That's the true. Whole point. That's so true. The, the, what our intention is, is, is to, like I said, create just like gold is on this planet, right? I'm sure when humans first discovered gold, they didn't automatically know like what the application was going to be in the future of it, right? right? Over time, people became craftier and craftier, and they found reasons. At the beginning, I'm sure it was just jewelry. Right. It's pretty, right? Yeah. It looks cool. Let's yeah. make some cool-looking shit for it. Like you're saying, let's make our NFTs look cooler with this, yeah. this scarce resource that's on our planet. Yeah. But then people found out, hey, this thing is actually has like good chemical properties to it. Like it's a really good uh, electrical, whatever the fuck, yeah, conducer or something like that. So there's real world application to it. So we want to leave it up to um, extrapolation, I guess what you'd say, mm -hmm. for any developer within Decentraland or Crypto Voxels, whatever virtual world there is out there, or any NFT project that that comes to mind. Because if this thing, you know, has true value, then it impacts the, the yeah. value of the individual of the, product. Uh, uh, of the underlying NFT. Exactly. Yeah, because like let's say you have a Genesis cat and you merge that with unobtainium or adamantium core mm -hmm. that you've staked, you know, for so many, let's say, months or years. Oh, yeah. That Genesis cat could arguably be more valuable than just a Genesis cat alone. 100%. You're, you're combining two ultra-rare NFTs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How is that not more valuable? Right. Like that's... And so this boils down to speculation. Um, yeah. Maybe a certain point in the future, it could be worth nothing, or maybe it could be <laughs> worth millions. Exactly. That's sort of the point of this. Yeah. Same thing with Bitcoin. Satoshi said this, either this is like dumpster fire or, or this, this is, is like the next big thing. Yeah. Those are his exact, well, not exactly, yeah. but those, <laughs> those are his sentiments. Paraphrasing. Yeah. Like he, even he didn't know where this thing, you know, but he, he recognized, it's, it's almost like a social experiment. Yeah. How like, Finney said that, you know, if this works out, we could be looking at a $10 million Bitcoin. This was in 2009. Yeah. So he, they knew what this, this could lead to. Um, and just sort of like, you know, this could be something or it could be nothing. <sighs> exactly. But the idea here is to create an incentive for players to go into Decentraland and potentially mine this material that you couldn't, you couldn't get otherwise. Exactly. And yeah, yeah you're investing your personal mana 
to acquire this thing. But I mean, just like you invest your money to mine Bitcoin, you did the return. Exactly. There's a return on this. Exactly. It's potentially speculate. You got to speculate, you know, uh, obviously this is like incredibly speculative, very risky, but uh, the reward could be pretty good if, if, uh, if it becomes adopted. Right. And, yeah. and as of, as of the state of Decentraland right now, we don't see anything else of value out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. And like for, for the player, the player, for the reason, you know, for them to come onto this platform, like spend their time and money. Yeah. There. Yeah. And is, we're not saying this is all Decentraland is going to be. Yeah. Like it's not going to just turn into like a giant wasteland of like deposits and <laughs> where people are just like, tink, 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 you know what I mean? Mining away. Yeah. I don't yeah. think that's going to happen, but. Why can't there be a period of time where, like, that, that you know, that's what gets people to onboard yeah. onto the platform? And then, like I said, people will start to spec. I think of it as, like, creating industry from the ground up. Yeah. You know? it's, it, it's basically this mining aspect is you're trading your time for an NFT. Mm -hmm. And then once you get that, once you obtain that uh, original ore, which uh, in, in this example, there's only 60,000 of them, right? Then you can stake that ore for more rare materials, um, but and this is just our idea. Somebody could do this exact same mm -hmm. yeah concept with like something else, like fucking dragons, cotton, or some some type cotton. of material for clothing or yeah anything. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, um, and so one one of the other things that we keep talking about is an MVP, so mm -hmm. a minimum viable product. So what are the things that we can launch in the near term that, that kind of get this ball rolling? Because that's the hardest part in any project is starting. And so we're thinking we can, we can essentially build a, a 3D render of a, like a rock, just a, like a giant rock from the perspective of a, of a human. It's pretty big. But a giant rock that you deploy on land, right? Some landowner buys this rock for X amount of mana. They deploy it. <laughs> And in return, people will pay to, quote-unquote, mine that rock. So the landowner would get a portion of that mana, mm -hmm. and then we would use the remaining portion to continue building the, the features, the gaming aspects, the game mechanics of this entire thing. And so in real time, that player who is putting up mana to mine this rock, they're collecting this NFT that will eventually be able to be staked in a smart contract to be turned into a another NFT, a more rare NFT. Yeah, or you could just hodl the fucking the OG. Or the, yeah, you know, just hold on to it. You just hold on to it if you want. Yeah, know. or stake it, or whatever it is that you want to do. Like yeah, you know, it's it's up to the the player. That's the whole thing. That's the whole point, man. And like yeah, I think that's I think this is like a good like first step to like creating value on Decentraland. And like you were saying, like. Maybe this doesn't need to be done on Decentraland, just like all the other NFT things out yeah. there. Or just, I don't, like, to me, you know, I, I'm not 100% sold on, like, the people are just creating NFTs out of thin air, like, this value. I mean, essentially, it's, like, the same thing we're doing, but there's actually some work involved. Oh, for sure. I feel like. No, I, think I, I, I totally think, agree with that. So, I, yeah. I had originally, we were talking about how do we not deploy this on Decentraland so that we have the biggest market share. Yeah. And like you're saying, it's like people are creating NFTs out of thin air without 
any real real work. They just create these sixty thousand units or X amount of units. Yeah, these Genesis NFTs, and they just just sell them in an auction. Yeah, right. They just like I said again, they're just throwing darts. Yeah, because they know there's people out there who are right now they're like in a speculative hunger. Right, people are looking for things to speculate on. Right, so it's like let's provide yeah. them, let's supply this demand. You know, and hope hopefully people buy it. Right. So, but I'm thinking, you know, we have an opportunity to like be the first to actually. Do something that doesn't require, let's say those 60,000 60, units exist, but they can only be mined from in-game mm-hmm. world of Decentraland. Which is like, yeah. Which is unique, and it provides an incentive to go to Decentraland in the first place, and it, it's probably a more entertaining experience than just like buying a picture of a cat. Agreed. Or more rewarding, at least. Yeah. You know? And then a couple on top of that, that you can evolve these materials into more rare components of of itself yeah and like you like we were saying earlier i mean some of them will have uh unique properties like we're looking at OpenSea yeah. right now yeah all, all these nfts have i think too many properties but we can literally just make, make purity oh yeah the properties of these uh mm-hmm. these resources you can make color a property yeah color I mean, purity purity is important because obviously just like how that mythic card there's only three of them or something yeah density could be a property Some, whatever and like yeah this isn't the physical world it's like why are we applying physics well, but it doesn't matter yeah because we can it, because why. we can yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the whole point and because and then it's not up to us to figure out what to do with this like i said someone else can utilize this valuable resource to you know create additional value a new layer of value to a yeah. new customer base imagine you're playing a game that has swords in it and in this yeah. game the swords are a bunch of NFTs, all right? ERC-721 tokens. Yeah. And you merge this sword with this galactic core <laughs> that you originally mined in the Centraland a couple of years ago. Exactly, yeah. You, you've, you've spent Com- years staking this... Put o- it like in a, like a centrifuge compressor cryo chamber yeah. or something like that. <laughs> it's, got like every, it's just like... Yeah. <laughs> it's just like fucking it up for like two years. And, and then, yeah, and then you take this galactic core after after staking for two years or whatever it is, and you merge it with your sword like that from a from a gamer's perspective. Oh hell yeah! Like it doesn't get more sexier than that. It's true. Right? Yeah, and so, then then you got something you can actually flex on them hoes with. Talk you about know? flexing, man. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Like all these other NFTs. Like how do you flex, man? That's Dude, to me like. See that that provides a good incentive for like. Developers in Decentraland, or not necessarily, but third-party developers, they 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 render this this sword in Decentraland with this core in it, mm-hmm. and you walk around with this sword. Oh yeah, I know that feeling, dude. I know that feeling, dude. That wow feeling, man. You're bringing me flashbacks yeah. to like those <laughs> those legendary wow items, dude. Like there's yeah. only one guy in the server with like a mace. It was like a badass looking mace, and like yeah, he would be standing like in the middle of the city and like everyone was like around, around him. him like dude you're a god yeah. bro I want to suck your dick dude <laughs> <laughs> like that's how intense it gets man yeah yeah now imagine that but like, like this thing this is, is like actually ash, an actual asset exactly this thing dude. is like worth a couple hundred G's maybe who knows yeah you know like this guy could buy a house with this mace if he wanted to right like, right right sell it that's beautiful I hope yeah man I don't know so so yeah, then like we're we're only limited to our imaginations. I mean, you could yeah. you could evolve these materials into infinity, and um, you know depending on what you you know what you roll in these um, properties, mm-hmm. you might get like an extremely rare core that uh, might be worth a lot of money. 
And like, of course, these are random roles. We have no control as to who's going to get what. Yeah, we're not like set in stone on like how the mechanics are going to work at all. You know? But yeah, and the point is, is like, all right, ideas are a dime a dozen. They're yeah. cheap. They're free. That's why we're, we're, I guess we're willing to just like, fuck it, put it out there, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah because, you know, the ideas, uh, like I said, they're free, but the execution <laughs> of any idea, that's where the real work, that's where the difficulty comes in. Mm-hmm. And I'm sort of excited about this because I see a way to where we can deploy this relatively quickly. Yeah, and it, it's something that's needed, you know, something that I think could, could potentially, uh, you know, go viral in a sense. Yeah. You know, word of mouth type thing because yeah. like i said everyone's looking in desperation mode for like a reason to come to decentraland besides you know seeing all these kooky, yeah, these look, parcels. kooky looking creatures and stuff doing all these like dances and stuff <laughs> much. which yeah. i mean there's there's a market for that for sure but yeah. like i said we're, we're thinking sustainability we're thinking business here mm. you know yeah and ultimately we're there's gonna be a lot more of people like us like building cool shit in decentraland and like actually thinking outside the box and like merging all these concepts and ideas together. And yeah, there that's the only way we see this going to be sustainable. That's, and that's just us. We could be wrong. We could be totally wrong. Yeah. People might get into Decentraland just because it's, it's, it's a novelty thing or they just like it or whatever it is. But I've seen the comments, man. The comments aren't pretty, not just for DCL, but for like all these other. Yeah. Crypto voxels and um, yeah, just all of them, right? Yeah, Pe- people aren't impressed yet. Yeah, or maybe maybe they just it hasn't clicked in their heads like the potential that we see. Yeah, you know we see the potential there. It's just it's not like the root elements haven't been displayed. Yeah, properly at least not yet. Right, right. You know, but like we said, we we on this podcast we looked at early Minecraft. Like, dude, like you're early into that game, but you're like, dude, like this yeah. is going nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> this looks like shit. Yeah. You know who the hell wants to play this blocky looking? But even it, game? even if you got in early in Minecraft, it didn't net you anything. Only if you worked for the company, you became yeah, a millionaire potentially. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. And so it's different with Decentraland. If you're in early in Decentraland, you could—I don't, I don't want to say be a millionaire, but you could make some some money. Yeah, but you're also like—I mean, I guess you're, you're, you could. your incentive, your incentive is like to create something of value yeah to get to that point that's and right it's, yeah. and it's like you're, you're benefiting the yeah. overall ecosystem if you succeed right that's right and that should be everyone's objective in this community you know yeah because the but land is it, not free right? but that's it's it's hard for people to like think of something like this like a way like i said because when we interviewed metalith like towards the end of it he, yeah the, the uh i forget his name joel and mark mark good memory dude yeah mark <laughs> he's like he's like he's a game developer and he's like like, why should I develop on Decentraland? Exactly. That's what he asked us. Yeah. And I kind of, like, whiffed on my response a little bit. Like, I I think the most important thing that I didn't bring up, at least this is my sentiment, is, like, <clears throat> yeah, he could spend all that time developing for, like, the Android market, which is, yeah. like, ultra super saturated, right? Or yeah. he could be, like, a pioneer on something that's, like, yep. never been done before, you know? Yeah, the risk-to-reward ratio is, like, ridiculous but yeah. that's that's the whole dude who doesn't want to be a fucking pioneer man no for sure that's the american spirit you know yeah. what i'm saying <laughs> we're frontiers yeah. dude it's all about thinking outside the box i mean and like the decentraland has like so many of these limitations it's like it's kind of cool if you can come up with something that's sustainable in in a world with like these limitations true it's a challenge true and just coming out with a game on, on the app store it's 
Yeah, like it's cool and all. And yeah, obviously the market is thousand folds yeah, and, greater than this one. But and if you know gaming, you know that it takes millions of dollars to make mm-hmm. games. To break through. Yeah. Either that or you have like a, a fucking unicorn success story like Flappy Birds or something like that, right? Which is one in a billion. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so I mean, I should have told him that. Like, yeah, it's it's a little. There's a lot of restrictions or whatever in the development process on Decentraland, but you got to think of it like, yeah, you know. And and this <laughs> this idea, this this can be done right now. Like, we have we've That's already it, yeah. built everything in order to make this happen. Yeah, we have MetaZone, which is what we plan to, you know, the platform we want to use to distribute all this stuff. Yeah, right. We can't just go in there and like hijack people's land and put fucking rocks on it (laughs) (laughs) they gotta come to us you know and and purchase these things well we have the platform for that yeah and yeah that's where the speculation (laughs) begins we'll have a rock for sale and and you know the you know the landowners (laughs) understands like why we're selling this rock Mm -hmm. and uh the landowner would would help in you know telling you know shilling that the rock yields nfts yeah and then, uh, then you can eventually, once we get this this other side developed, where you stake those NFTs, is like this whole thing starts, you know, to you know, I, I guess grow, and and the speculation starts on day one with purchasing the first rock. Hundred percent. So yeah, I think that covers everything that we wanted to talk about. I guess so, man. Yeah, we like, just put I, that out. You know. So we everything. want everybody's feedback. If you're listening to this, and this is the first time you're hearing about NFTs. Uh, Decentraland Gaming, whatever it is, and you have a comment idea, you know, hit us up on Discord, make a comment on YouTube, uh, tweet at us. This is a terrible idea. This is great. <laughs> whatever it is. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. We yeah, want to hear it. We welcome all opinions 100%. Yeah, you if, if you're already working on this, join our Discord and tell us about it. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not opposed to collaborating. Yeah. That's it's, the whole point. We uh, at some point also we want to bring on some uh, other members of DCL community onto this podcast. Yeah, for sure. And we've already discussed it. Have like a round table. Maybe even make it like a quarterly event. Yeah. You know, this is all contingent on like you know how involved you know people want to get really. Yeah. And but and, the idea is is because at some point you know if this is truly to be Decentraland, the, the Decentraland guys have to step away. Yeah. From the platform and let the community run itself. You know they put they put in place the the voting infrastructure in Agora, yeah. Uh, and I guess they you know have districts and stuff out there. They're hope they were hoping that would kind of catalyze some kind of community. For sure. I don't know if it's working so far. Yeah. But yeah, so we kind of feel like you know we have a lot of incentive to to, to kind of like pick yeah. up that baton. You know what I mean? And yeah, for sure. Maybe just get like a unified vision of things. Yeah. You know, because I keep hearing different opinions from the community, like wh- what they want out of it. Yeah. Of I mean, I don't want to get too deep into it, but MetaZone solves a lot of the problems True. that uh, that we're seeing with Decentraland in terms of like, if you have a district, like it's so hard to deploy in this district with like all these lands merged together. It, it's, it, it becomes too difficult to even like consider doing. Mm. And so, but with MetaZone, you can take a, an entire district and deploy anything you want individually from, from a chair to like parcels individually within that, within that district. So we, there's, there's a lot to be done in Decentraland. We know that there's a lot of potential there and this is sort of how we're going to continue contributing, I guess. 
Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, you know, right now, like I said, right now it's just an idea. It's whether or not we'll execute on this. And if we don't, then fuck it, dude. Someone else do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if you if we it's don't a, it, and you do it, let us know because we want to see it. Yeah, it's a legit, actual, legit to me at least. It's like a human experiment. Yeah. I'd like to see whether or not like people. Dude, because it's so crazy, like, what we assign value to. Dude, we fucking worship these little green paperbacks, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> we could assign value to anything yeah. that really has no value. So, I mean, we, we just saw a Genesis cat go for $200,000 exactly. two years that's, ago. That's why, like, when this idea was concepted, is like, is this too crazy? Yeah. And then I started looking at OpenSea, like, what's out there? I was like, no, yeah, this, this is, is not too crazy at all, This dude. is actually reasonable. <laughs> more, maybe even more so than what's existing currently. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it kind of gave me like a, a lot of inspiration. Yeah, it's definitely. So make sure if you have any thoughts, comment and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel and comment. You know, anywhere that you find us, you know, let us let us hear your thoughts. Is there? All right, guys. We'll see you uh, next week. All right, we're out. Thank you for listening to the Blockrunner podcast. Make sure you visit our website, theblockrunner.com, and sign up to stay up to date on the latest in crypto. Also, reach out to us on Twitter at theblockrunner. <laughs>